Good afternoon, Eastern Washington and fellow Patriots. This is Matt Shea, and welcome to Patriot Radio, broadcasting live from deep inside the heart of the future Liberty State, brought to you once again by On Fire Ministries and the legacy of Dr. Stan Monteith, bringing you the story behind the story and the news behind the news. It's not about right or left. It is about right and wrong, about our hope not being in man, but in Jesus Christ, and about not ending in prayer, but moving to action. It's also about the gospel of the kingdom, Zechariah 2.5, but I declare the Lord will be a wall of fire to her on all sides, and I will be the glory in her midst. We have a packed show today, but first, take a moment right now, share the program, like it, comment on it, and share with your friends and family. Make sure you subscribe to our Rumble channel and also our Telegram channel. Now, I try to filter as much as I can of graphic content and try to give a warning ahead of time. Um, we're trying to find a, a solution to covering graphic content, uh, but some of it honestly needs to be seen by the entire world. Every single generation needs to know the evil that is in the world because there is the opposite of good, and we need to know the good as well. And most importantly, and that's why I want to bring us now to Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Psalm 55, verse 22. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken, but you, God, will bring them down, talking about the enemy, to the pit of destruction, men of bloodshed and deceit you will. I will not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Now, there is a very, um, there's a very key thing with this that I want to talk about. The evil, when it comes in, judgment is attached to it. So it's, the, the righteous are not appointed for wrath. And I don't know where this misunderstanding comes from in Christianity. Like, oh, right, we're just going to suffer judgment. and my, The righteous will not be shaken. Now, it doesn't say that there won't be a storm. It says the storms will come. But if your foot, if your feet are on the rock, you're not going to be shaken. And here's why. Because if we are in Christ and Christ is in us, he's not going to shake himself. He's not going to bring wrath on himself. Everybody following me right now. If he's covered us in his blood, he's not going to bring judgment on himself. He's going to, just like he did with the Jews, before they walked out of Egypt, he's going to pass over what is covered in his blood. So it means that there will be judgment. It means that there will be a storm. But it also means that the righteous will not be shaken. And in fact... The greatest moments in history, his story, have been when there has been judgment and the righteous have walked out completely unscathed. In fact, the great wealth transfer that, that happened as they walked out of Egypt into the promised land. Now, most of you understand what is happening in the world is the wrong direction. Well, there's also something that is happening that God is doing. There's a move that's happening that God is doing, and he's put us in this time, not so we can be pulled out of the world. And in fact, in John 17, it says, Jesus says, don't take them out. Keep them from the evil one. 
the righteous will not be shaken. And so in this time of great uncertainty, stand on the rock. I'm not just talking about reading the word. I'm not just talking about praying. Have an intimate, close, personal relationship with the God of the universe. With Abba Father. With Yahweh Jireh. The Lord, our provider. Yahweh to Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. El Shaddai, God Almighty. Have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on a personal level. And ask him questions. Try to pick a day, one day a week to fast and pray. Ask him questions, though. Tell him uh, your frustrations. He already knows them. But ask him questions, Lord. Is this from you? Yes? Okay, well, what does this mean? What do you want me to do with it? When do you want me to release the word you've just given me? His timing is everything. And in, in, in too often in America, we, we can't bring ourselves to this place of stillness just to hear his voice and wait on him for his timing. But that's exactly the time that we're in right now. It's exactly the place that we're in right now. And this is exactly what we need to be doing. So take moments, even throughout the day, and just, Lord, is this from you? What do you want me to do here? And he will never allow the righteous to be shaken. And that brings us now to Indo-Pak News and the Globalist Front. But first, before I get there, just first, I almost forgot our funny video today. Sometimes when you leave in the morning, sometimes when you go out the door, Love will show itself in your animals. And especially a dog, I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but especially a dog, will show the kind of love we probably should be showing to each other. That we miss each other this much and we don't want our loved one to go. Go ahead and roll the clip. Play later. All right. Looks like we can't play it today. So we're going to go to the next video. Good versus evil. We have a uh, a sense in America too that that somehow that we should just accept defeat. That we should just keep going down a defeat road. Um, but Christianity is actually gaining ground, and particularly it's gaining ground in the area of arts and entertainment tonight. Uh, at Northtown uh, Mall Regal Cinemas and also Valley Mall Regal Cinemas. The Domino Revival, Mike Signorelli, Vlad Savchuk, great friend of uh, On Fire Ministries, is coming out with a movie about the actual revival that's happening in America. And the testimonies behind it is absolutely encouraging uh, and, and fantastic to see this finally come out. And we're seeing movie theaters now having Christians come back, and they haven't been in the movie theater for five, ten years. And suddenly the entertainment industry is recognizing this. Well, here's another example of the entertainment industry recognizing Christian music glorifying God.
Now, this is in Times Square, New York. Brandon Lake, way up on the big billboard. So we know that Christianity is gaining ground. It's gaining influence. But we can't cede this ground to the enemy. Now, I want to show another video here that was absolutely amazing. Um, sometimes in our greatest trial, right in the middle of our greatest trial, all we can really ever do is cry out to Jesus. And that's exactly what happened to a few storm chasers who took an unexpected turn on a road and found themselves staring death in the face. And they cried out to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Roll the clip. No, no, calm down. There's... Holy shoot. There's... So as they took this shoot. turn, like you can see the power lines have come down in Go front of them. No, hold on, please. I'm looking. And now gonna... behind them. This is literally what... Oh, God. This is terrible. Thank you, Jesus, for protecting us in the name of Jesus. And I think that you're going to protect us right now. In the name of Jesus. So Thank now, you, as their car is stopped, the tornado Lord. comes right over the top. Please, of them. Lord, please, Lord. Dear God. Please, Lord. Dear Lord, please. If you're real, please, Lord. That's the back window of the car being blown out, and the tornado actually coming into the car, the overpressure. signs, the road signs completely being ripped out next to them. The car begins to lift off the ground. You can see all the dirt, dust, and debris coming into the car as well. tornado passed over them and all they could do is cry out to Jesus and he saved their lives. <laughs> Just That is one of the wildest videos I have ever seen in my life. And they had the cameras rolling the entire time on the inside of the car there, as you saw uh, online anyway. And uh, in, in your moments when you don't know what to do, cry out to the Lord and see what happens.
is our strong tower, and he will rescue us in the midst of great calamity like that. And if you uh, want to see that online, I think we're going to uh, post a, a link to that up underneath the show today. But wow, that was incredible. And that brings us now to your daily intelligence briefing. Coming to us from the globalist front, we have a couple of videos, one of them probably one of the most disturbing videos, and I played a little bit of it, I think, last week, but it has to do with technocracy and dreams. They actually want to tap into your dreams and give it a visualization on a screen. Roll the clip. So in this one, they said, can they understand um, the inner monologue, the things you're saying to yourself in your own mind? Mind you, by the way, when you dream, your dream, like your visual cortex runs in reverse, so your dreams are no longer safe. Um, but we'll try this. So they had people watch a video and just narrate what was going on in the video in their mind. So there's a woman, she gets hit in the back, she falls over. This is what the computer reconstructed the person thinking. See a girl, looks just like me, get hit in the back, and then she is knocked off. So our thoughts like, are starting to be decoded. That's wild, but it gets even wilder because the same technology that they're using can be also used in your home. Now, I, I talked about smart meters a long time ago, and I talked about the ability to use technology in your home as part of the Internet of Things to not only catalog your, the use of groceries and all of these things and electricity, but also now they want to track where you are in the home during the day, your, your pattern of life, and they want to track what you're doing. Now, this is called activity-based intelligence, where they create a dossier on every human being with its thousands of data points. So they know you better than you know yourself, and they can introduce stimulus to get you to behave a certain way. Go ahead and roll that clip about this new Wi-Fi technology. Yeah, just think about what this means for authoritarian states, for instance. Or if you want to generate images that maximally activate your pleasure sensor, anything else. Okay, but let's keep going, right? To really get the sense of the combinatorics of this. How about, can we go from Wi-Fi radio signals, you know, sort of like the Wi-Fi routers in your house, they're bouncing off radio signals that work sort of like sonar. Can you go from that to where human beings are, to images? So what they did is they had... Um, you know, a camera looking at a space with people in it. Um, that's sort of like coming in from one eye. The other eye is the radio signals, so sonar from the uh, Wi-Fi router. Oh and goodness. they just learned to predict like, this is where the human beings are. Then they took away the camera. So all the AI had was the language of radio signals bouncing around a room. And <laughs> this is what they're able to reconstruct. So you can, you can see the position of people's real legs, time, their arms, real time. Real time 3D pose estimation. Wow. It's called deep poses. That's what the, the technology is. And again, this is all part of activity-based intelligence and this idea of gathering a pattern of life to the extraordinary detail of every human being. Welcome uh, to George Orwell's 1984. And that brings us next to the China front. Now, there has been a lot going on, and I'm going to cruise through some of this. Wow. There, Indo-Pak news. First of all... I, we understood that this was probably the case. China has now come out and admitted it. 
China has removed its defense minister, Li Shang-Fu, after a two-month disappearance. You wonder where he is. Uh, Li was removed from his positions as a member of the Central uh, Military Commission. And the, the point here is this guy was handpicked by Xi Jinping. And now he's being removed less than a year later. So this is not the only shakeup that's happened at the very high levels of the Chinese Communist Party. Tells me a couple things. First of all, they're preparing for war and they're shoring up who they believe might be the weak sisters or the weak links in that administration. Number two, there must be a high level of stress and uh, intrigue at the highest levels of the Chinese Communist Party because that kind of thing shouldn't be happening. When you get to that level, they should have already been vetted all the way through. But something was wrong. So this tells me that there is cracks in the integrity of the Chinese Communist Party and those cracks, if at least we had any kind of a semblance of an intelligence apparatus in the United States of America, it would be exploiting those things. Now, this is what happens with communists. They always turn on each other, whether the, the black shirts turning on the brown shirts, the, the uh, communist regulars turning on the liberals, as Lenin talked about. It's what they always do. And in fact, in the Lord of the Rings is depicted in one of the scenes where uh, orcs of one area and orcs of another area attack each other. That's what always happens with these things. So this is an interesting sign right now coming to us from Indopac News. That brings us also to another article from Indopac News. Uh, the U.S. renews its warning. It will defend the Philippines after incidents with Chinese vessels in the South China Sea. The United States renewed a warning Monday that it would defend the Philippines in case of an armed attack. Under a 1951 treaty, after Chinese ships blocked and collided with two Filipino vessels off a contested shoal in the South China Sea. So again, another escalation and clearly a flashpoint. And like I said, a year and a half plus ago, Russia-Ukraine, Iran-Israel, China-Taiwan. That brings us to OSINT Defender and the Middle East Front. So the U.S. Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, announced tonight that due to the recent attacks by pro-Iranian militias across the Middle East and the escalation they have observed in Israel, the U.S. Army will be deploying terminal high-altitude area defense batteries as well as Patriot Service Air Missile batteries in the Middle East. Thad and Patriot. Now, remember what I said, one of the key indicators, the five key indicators, two or more aircraft carriers in the area, U.S. troops on the ground massing, U.S. anti-aircraft being brought into the area. Now, they had already brought some in, so I already counted that, but this is another confirmation of that. And then watch to see what happens with the hospital ships now. The Israelis are setting up a field hospital in the north of Israel. Watch what happens with this. And then the fifth indicator is when they move strategic air assets into theater, and that has already happened. So we really have four out of five, and I'm watching the hospital part of it right now to see if the United States is going to begin uh, bringing in those kind of assets into the Middle East. Now, that brings us next to World Net Daily. U.S. readies plans to evacuate thousands of Americans from Israel and Lebanon, another indicator. Um, this quote here, the administration is very, very, very worried that this thing is going to get out of hand. 
end quote. In other words, they believe that this is going to be a, a regional war. Um, that's it in a nutshell. So we're going to watch very closely to see the deployment of even more U.S. troops. Now, I, I, last count, now they're never going to tell you exactly, but last count, we're, I was up to about 5,000 ground troops in theater. Um, and I know it's more than that. So we're going to see more deployment coming up at the same time they're evacuating U.S. civilians. Um, they've already asked U.S. civilians to leave Lebanon as well. That brings us to Epoch Times. Israel counters Holocaust denial-like phenomenon by releasing unedited footage of Hamas attack. Uh, some of this is um, absolutely, it is so atrocious. Uh, babies, in fact, beheaded, now documented, people burned alive, uh, family members tortured, murdered in, in front of other people, other family members, people being raped next to the bodies of their dead friends. Just it, the, the stuff is beyond the pale. And the reason that I, I keep bringing this stuff up is because people need to understand the evil that we're facing. It is an intentional, malicious, hateful, absolutely devoid of any compassion kind of evil. And sometimes when we face this in our lifetimes, the only way to stop it is by destroying that evil. And that is what Israel is faced with today and why they came out with that briefing. That brings us next to OSINT Defender. Several security incidents are reported to have occurred tonight along the Yarmouk River. Now, I want you to understand this. That is a strategic uh, river right directly across from Armageddon, okay, the Battle of Armageddon. Everybody knows that Valley of Megiddo. But a lot of people don't know that the Yarmouk River is where the first battle between Islam and the Byzantine Empire, the Eastern, Eastern Roman Empire, occurred centuries ago. So the fact is, I actually watched that geography very well very closely because it's right at the foot of Mount Hermon. And it said the Jordanian forces had fired warning shots at unknown individuals who were attempting to cross into Israel. Another incident occurred being and uh, is being investigated and residents along the river are being asked to shelter in place until further notice. Now this is a couple days ago, but the point is there's something happening there. And that is a key geographic, but also spiritual area. And uh, if you remember in the Old Testament, Og, king of Bashan, Sihon, king of Heshbon, those were right there in that area, right at the foot of Mount Hermon. That brings us next to the National Pulse. U.S. troops attacked 13, now 14 times in the past week amidst the Biden uh, Defense Department. Forces in Iraq experienced 10 assaults while those stationed in Syria we're subject to three under Commander-in-Chief Joe Biden. These attacks uh, employing one-way drones and rockets reportedly all bear the hallmark of Iran, according to Pentagon officials. You think? Now, that brings us to OSINT Defender. U.S. Central Command has now announced that 24 American servicemen were wounded on October 18th as a result of a drone attack on the Altanf 
military base in southeastern Syria, which caused 20 in injuries. Um, that's a little bit of an odd statement because 20 and 24 doesn't match, but that's what the report is. Um, four of the injuries and destruction of aircraft hangar uh, containing a small plane, those were in Iraq. I guess that's how they're dividing it up between the two uh, countries. 24 U.S. service members have all uh, since returned to duty. The fact is that U.S. service members have now been attacked by Iranian proxies, and here's what the Pentagon said on Monday. From OSINT, uh, Open Source Intelligence Breaking, the Pentagon said Monday it will hold Iran responsible for attacks against American forces in the Middle East. Spokesman Brigadier General Patrick Ryder said by virtue of the fact that they, the attacking militias, are supported by Iran, we will ultimately hold Iran responsible. You think it, this has anything to do with the $6 billion here a few weeks ago? I don't know. But what I do know is when you make a statement like that, Ryder also said no one wants to see a wider regional conflict, but we will not hesitate to protect our forces. That is a warning shot across the bow of Iran. Think Iran cares? No, they don't, of course. So this just is another indicator of a widening regional war. That brings us to open source intelligence. The IDF chief of staff told media today that we are ready to invade. He indicated the military and political arm of Israel were in discussions regarding the exact timing of the upcoming move. So uh, it is with almost virtual certainty that Israel is going to invade Gaza. And when that happens, there is almost virtual certainty that Hezbollah will join the fight and the proxies of Iran will join the fight. Whether Iran officially joins as a country and not through proxies is what remains to be seen. Quote, the, you, uh, I'm sorry, the Israeli military assure, assures you that it will invest maximum effort providing security for you and your home, and you will receive a financial reward. We guarantee you complete confidentiality. That was what was written on leaflets that were just dropped into uh, Gaza, written in Arabic. And in addition to that, France's president, Emmanuel Macron, has proposed that the same international coalition that fought ISIS reform to fight Hamas. Everything is forming up for a broader regional war. And that brings us now to the Russia-Ukraine front. Ukraine area of control update coming to us from open source intelligence. Russia has shifted from its largely defensive posture over the past few months and is supplying significant pressure on as many fronts as possible. Um, one of the key fronts of Divka appears to be where they were trying to break through. Many reports, geo-confirmed, geo-located, the Russians have lost at least 174 and probably over 200 armored vehicles in that thrust, and they have lost thousands of soldiers at that point as well. Uh, and it looks like that part of the offensive has at least failed um, now that Russia is starting to shift focus toward offensive operations, they are still using tactics that proved disastrous for them last year with large waves of forces attempting to seize ground. And uh, yeah, I agree 100%. Now, this interesting salient is called the Zaporozhye Oblast salient. Um, the Ukrainians are still holding and they're still continuing to punch forward toward Tokmak because they want to try to cut off the Russian supply lines there. They've also apparently achieved some kind of a bridgehead uh, near uh, across from Kherson. So there's a lot still happening. And in the next two, three weeks, you're going to see a lot of maneuvering, a lot of 
forces committed because they're trying to do this before the winter kicks in there. All right, that brings us to open source intelligence in, in, a, in a very um, disturbing development because the United States has not been prepared, even though under President Trump it was brought up to be prepared, because I know the people that advised him on it, they, the, the other side, China, Russia, the communists, the jihadis, they are going to start using cruise middle, missiles to attack the United States mainland, okay? And we had drawn down our radar capabilities, but particularly over the pole and through the south. So six additional over-the-horizon radar sites focused on detecting Russia's new generation of long-distance cruise missiles are being planned per the Air Force and Raytheon. Four of the sites will be administered by the U.S. and two by Canada. So if we could bring that um, graphic up, Travis, just to show you a little bit about what we're talking about. They believe that the great threat is coming over the pole, over the North Pole, toward the United States. And so now they are going to have six additional sites there because of this upgrade of technology by Russia. Well, why would you do that unless you believe that there might be a world war in the offing? Probably because they know something that we don't. That brings us now to the national front. Coming to us from Gateway Pundit, Tom Emmer drops out of the speaker race. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank God. You can talk about a rhino. That guy... I don't even know if some people called him a conservative. I don't know how you possibly could call him a, a, a conservative, but this guy was a former Soros funded group spokesman. How about we vet our candidates first? My goodness. That brings us now to Texas. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton files lawsuit against the Biden regime for cutting razor wire at the southern border. Quote, this is illegal. It's interesting that Germany now is cracking down on immigration. Chancellor Olaf Scholz there cracking down on immigration in Germany. There's too much immigration going on. And the U.S. southern border continues to be wide open. And Ken Paxton almost alone. I know he's not. Stepping in the breach down there and trying to stem the tide of what's coming across our, our southern border. That brings us to the Western Journal. Large queers for Palestine protests hit New York City. I, I guess they don't understand that the jihadis, if they had the opportunity, would kill every last one of them. Why the, the community there in New York would start a queers for Palestine protest is beyond me. I, that doesn't even make sense. And they obviously don't know history. Now, that brings us to the Gateway Pundit and Tyson Foods. <laughs> Tyson Foods, the second largest producer and processor and marketer of meat, has announced a joint venture with Protix. What is that, you might ask? Well, it's the world's largest insect factory to delve into the world of insect protein and lipid production, targeting the pet food, aquaculture, and livestock um, industries. I probably have heard enough already. 
Look, you, you try to take people's steak and hamburgers. Watch what happens. I don't think that's going to go well. And that brings us to the local front. Ballots are out, everybody. Make sure you vote. And make sure you vote well. Because our leaders here in Spokane are very likely going to be the leaders during a worldwide crisis. So we need to pick people who are not allied with communists. We need to pick people who understand the signs of the times and what to do about it. And who walk according, as Romans 13 says, to the standards of scripture as deacons of the Lord Most High. I love that. That's what Romans 13 actually says in the original Greek, so go read it. And coming up here at On Fire Ministries, just a quick three announcements. October 27th, 28th, this Friday and Saturday, Peggy Golden is here, 6 p.m. On Fire Ministries. It's going to be a great time. Last year, amazing transformation for a lot of people. Peggy is one of our favorite people. And so please, if you can at all make time, come this Friday and Saturday October 27th, 28th at 6 p.m. Also, October 31st, we have Reformation Day celebration here at On Fire Ministries and at 6 p.m. Um, we're going to be starting the event, but we're going to have a movie screening of the new movie, Letter to the American Church by Eric Metaxas. They actually made a documentary now on this, and we're going to be screening that movie as well that night. The following night, November 1st at 6 p.m., we're also going to be screening Into the Light, a movie about fifth-generation warfare. And particularly if you're from the Jacob generation, the younger generation, it's about how they use social media to try to manipulate us. And that is the briefing. Remember, the antidote to dependency and socialism is to be a God-fearing, self-reliant, freedom-loving American. And thank you to everybody that has been watching and praying for us. Take a moment right now. Subscribe to the Rumble channel. Subscribe to the Telegram channel. And leave a comment. Hit like button and hit the share button. Share it with your friends and family. And that brings us now to our guest today, Selwyn Duke. He's one of the frontline journalists of our time. He's honored truth and virtue through his work in writing, television, and radio, through the likes of The New American, The Hill, World Net Daily, and today on Patriot Radio. Selwyn, it's always great to have you on the show. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad, Matt. And it's great being with you as always. How are you? I'm doing really well. And I want to start first by a video of our capital. Now, this is, I don't know if we could call this the tale of two cities or the tale of two insurrections. I don't know whatever we'd like to call this, but I would like to get your reaction to the following. Go ahead and roll the clip. So admitted communists invade the capital of the United States of America. I wonder what's going to happen. Is there going to be a commission? What do you think will happen? I don't think so, Matt. And actually, we've seen this movie before, haven't we? We've seen so much left-wing violence, not that this was violence, but this was an intrusion. But we've seen so much left-wing violence during the last few years. And of course, as I said many years ago myself, Reddy, being a liberal today means never having to say you're sorry. But listen to this. <laughs> the longest occupation of a government building in U.S. history, I believe, was the 2011 left-wing occupation of the Wisconsin Capitol building.
It went on, I believe, for weeks, okay? Now, I know it's a little complicated because Wisconsin likes to provide access to people there, but nonetheless, Nancy Pelosi called it, quote, an impressive show of democracy in action. That's how she reckoned that invasion of a Capitol building. But when it comes to the J6 individuals, their attitude is a little different, isn't it? It is. We actually had it happen to the Washington state legislature. And as I was personally filming, they rolled out the Students for a Democratic Society, an actual Marxist organization. They rolled out the banner and I got it. I got the picture of it, but they quickly tried to get it back when they realized they were being filmed. And they had taken over the entire rotunda and they began spreading. And that's when the, the state patrol finally got them out. Nobody even that I know of has really even talked about that ever happening in Washington state. But the fact is, like you said, it's two different tiers of justice in this country. And it, it seems like the communist strategy of trying to take us apart at the seams, it seems like the seams are starting to fray. Yeah, well, they certainly are. I mean, you may be alluding now to an article I just wrote about how significant numbers of Americans now, both Republicans and Democrats, actually want to see secession. They want to see the blue and the red states, as we call them, separate from one another. And this was a poll of 2,008 people not meaning people who voted in 2008, but the number. And 31% of Democrats expressed that opinion and 41% of Trump supporters. But not only that, about 40% of both groups felt that it was allowable or at least appropriate under certain circumstances to use violence against your political opponents because things have become so dire. The figures there were 41% of Biden supporters and 38% of Trump supporters. So, of course, we see that the left acts upon these violent instincts a lot more, don't we? We were just talking about that. And of course, they love to talk about J6, which was a so-called insurrection, strangely, without guns. Not one gun was brandished inside the Capitol building. Not one gun was seized there. Meanwhile, in 2020, we had 600 plus violent left-wing riots, right? We had that attack on the White House in, I think it was May 2020. Trump had to head for a bunker. It became so dangerous. So yeah, we're coming apart at the seams. You're right. And this is emblematic of it. And I'll stop talking for now because I don't want to go on too long. But the problem is, Matt, that what divides us now are fundamental things. It's not just that you say potato and I say potato. It, you're absolutely right. And these are fundamental principles. You know, we have a, we have a group of people that want to head toward a fundamentally Marxist, a fundamentally communist uh, way of life. And there's a whole group of people that don't. And and there's also the, the, the provocation that's happening right now constantly. Uh, at the turn of the last century, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, he actually took a picture next to a sign that said, Irish need not apply. And he had a big smile on his face because he's like, yeah, they're not going to hold me down. They're not going to stop me. Today, and you wrote an article on this, white volunteers need not apply. There's this intent to inject race into everything as a point of division and to bring back some of these discriminatory things that, well, at least for 100 years at least, were fairly well dealt with. Um, and, I, you know, people try to take issue with that and try to live in the past. But honestly, if we're not going to move past this, this is just going to be used as another place of division and fraying of our society, the very fabric of our society. 
Yeah, well, absolutely. And not only that, what we're seeing is something that many of us predicted all along, and that's that the, as the left gains more power, it starts bearing its fangs. It starts showing its true colors. I mean, Rush Limbaugh said decades ago, of course, he's passed away now. He said that all of this affirmative action and all of these quotas and all these programs that are supposedly there to help people are just really all about get even with them ism. That was how he put it. And we're seeing that now come to fruition because the left has more power. Now they can transition away from talking about how they supposedly want equality, which is problematic in and of itself. I've written a lot about equality. You know, that's something that no one really believes in in its totality. Now they can transition away from that to what they call equity, which, of course, has just become a euphemism for officially sanctioned discrimination. So. Yes, we're coming apart at the seams, but you know, I just want to put this in perspective because I did this in my recent article. Just to illustrate the point, if we were talking about people of another country versus ourselves, what would separate us? How would we actually be different? Well, we would celebrate different holidays and a mm -hmm. different history, mm -hmm. right? And different heroes. Now think about this. What's happening today in our very country? When I was a young boy, okay, and I wasn't really that long ago, we all celebrated Columbus Day. No one questioned it left, right, or center. We all did other things, had other things in common. You know, cr Christmas was on the school calendar. It was the Christmas break. No one questioned that. No one got upset. The Boy Scouts were still traditional back then. Again, left, right, and center. Everyone respected the organization. Now, though, what do we have? We are like two different peoples, the left and right. We're actually recognizing different holidays, different history different heroes, just an example or two, okay? Many of us will still recognize Columbus Day, but the left doesn't want to do that. With them, it's Indigenous Peoples Day, right? And they want to demonize the founding fathers. Many of us still respect them. They don't like them. They want to elevate people like George Floyd and who knows who else, all these people that they put up there. I mean, in Washington, D.C., they actually have a statue of Marion Barry, who's most famous for being a crack user. So, my point is, is that we actually now are behaving as if we're two completely different peoples. And this is not the kind of thing that can end well. Well, it's not. And actually, this was predicted by the KGB and a writer for the KGB and a strategist for the KGB a long time ago, that there would be a division inside the United States. But he was coming at it from the perspective of this is going to happen. We want to make it happen faster. We want to we want to add accelerant to the fire, if you will. There's many people that have brought up recently the idea of a velvet divorce. Is that actually in the offing, or do you think that this is, is devolving quickly into political violence between the two sides that might end in a civil war? You know, the latter could happen, but remember, these things can occur peacefully, too. We saw that with the Soviet Union. It ended with a whimper, not a bang. It just dissolved. And I think Ron Paul years ago put it very, very well. What he said when asked about this was, well, you have to remember that the states are getting a lot of largesse. People are getting handouts from the federal government. And as long as that's the case, people need their Social Security payments, for instance, there's going to be a real disincentive against partitioning the country. However, if the federal government gets to a point where it can no longer meet its obligations, its immediate obligations, then that carrot will no longer be there. And then things can change markedly. And then who knows? We might very well go our separate ways peacefully, as the Soviet Union did. And remember, we already see this happening more and more. 
I spoke about it some minutes ago, gave you some examples, but just look now at conservative versus left-wing states. I mean, left-wing states are becoming more left-wing, instituting things like critical race theory in their schools and the sexual devolutionary agenda, as I call it. Then you have states like Florida under DeSantis that are going in the exact opposite direction. They're mm -hmm. trying to eliminate those things. So in a way, the battle lines are being drawn and more and more we're becoming a bifurcated nation. We really are living under one roof, as it were. Now, I, I, I've seen, too, quite a bit on the southern border, as you have, that we have opened it wide for potential terrorism inside the United States. Uh, infiltration, subversion, sabotage, uh, the jungle tigers uh, from the Chinese, Unit 910 from the Iranians, uh, the special section from the Muslim Brotherhood. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Is that likely to actually happen here in the United States? Or do you think we're going to be drawn into a world war and then all those kind of things will be subsumed? Well, obviously, if we're drawn into a world war, we have to ask how we'd fare because we have become so balkanized, so internally divided. And yeah, it's a real problem. I mean, this open border... This is a divide and conquer strategy. The left is literally importing a foreign army for the purposes of helping it cement and maintain its power. Because even if we don't get involved in any kind of major war, and unfortunately because of the insane people we have in charge, we're creeping closer to that. Even if we don't get involved in that, the bottom line is that they're importing undocumented Democrats, as I like to call them, because we know that when these individuals become naturalized, what happens is they vote Democrat to the tune of 70 to 90 percent. And that's why the border is wide open. If that were not the case, if they were going to vote Republican, you can bet that a molecule wouldn't get across that border. It would be locked down so tight. <laughs> but as you said, you know, we also have terrorists coming through. You know, that's the problem. We actually have cases where terrorists were tried and convicted terrorists who came through via our southern border right now i'm thinking of one or two who made their way up to canada but the point is this is happening and that's why when people equate people who transgress our southern border with let's say visa overstays they like to say well most of our illegals are visa overstays there's no comparison for one simple reason they're both bad and you should eliminate both problems but matt do realize that Visa overstays, presumably with those people, they've been vetted. They're known quantities. Exactly. When you're talking about individuals sneaking across the border, they're unknown quantities. We have no idea who they are. We do know some are criminals and a few are going to be terrorists because probability dictates that. Now, I, I, I just have this sneaking suspicion that just like Robert Welch predicted that they're going to try and make another run at the North American Union and use all of this chaos that's been fomented to try to justify that. North American Union being a, a union similar to the European Union, but with Mexico, Canada, and the United States. Have you heard anything along that line, if they're trying to kind of resurrect that in some form here recently? Well, I don't have any inside information there, but I can tell you things like that are always in the works because we have these internationalist types, these globalist types who just love the idea of consolidation of power. And what you see going in our, on in our society really facilitates their endeavor because obviously if 
you import vast numbers of unassimilable people. What you do is you break down national cohesion. And when people no longer feel like they're really American, like there's something unique about being American, so we should maintain this nation of states, then of course, it's much easier to amalgamate everyone into one larger international entity, isn't it? Now, of course, I think that their plans may not work out the way they might hope, because you have to remember, China's not going to go along with this unless it's going to be in charge. Russia, ditto. The Muslim world, ditto. But yeah, these people are always out there. And that helps also to explain a lot of the destabilization we see in our society. Because remember, destabilization is the second phase of communist subversion. You know, first it's demoralization then it's destabilization, because if you want to affect a revolution, you have to first destabilize the existing order. And then it's crisis and normalization. And this crisis phase, it seems like we're right, like right on the cusp of that, that something is just in the offing in the world. And I'm not just talking about Israel, Iran, but it just seems like we are being set up completely for a global war right now. And uh, I, I see a lot of people in Washington, D.C. trying to do their best to fight against, you know, sending funding overseas and, and getting the United States out of the United Nations, but it's not really making a ton of headway. So what are the solutions for the average American? And, you know, is there still hope? Well, we always have to cling to hope because you have to remember, regardless of what happens to the United States, whether the civilization falls or whether it prevails, you have to remember God will win in the end. I've said this before. In fact, that means God has already won because he's outside of time. So that's not the issue. But of course, we have to fight the good fight while we're in this world. And remember, whatever happens with the United States, even if we dissolve, there are still going to be people living on this continent and we're still going to have to forge a civilization. So we're always going to need people there who are ready to get down to work and who know what needs to be done. So never, ever lose heart. I mean, yes, we're going in a very bad direction, okay? And the reason why I know that, and the reason why I knew we were heading towards collapse even decades ago, is that it all hinges on morality. As morality goes, so goes the whole civilization. I mean, I've quoted Edmund Burke before, where he said, it is ordained in the eternal constitution of things that men of intemperate minds cannot be free, their passions forge their fetters. But their passions will also forge their demise. You can't keep on declining morally without the whole civilization falling apart. It's just like on an individual basis. If you have a man and you see that he's descending further and further into decadence. He's doing drugs. He's starting to drink too much. He's having promiscuous sex the whole nine yards. He's engaging in more and more risky behavior. You know he's heading for a huge fall. It's no different when you see that happening with 10 people or a thousand people or a whole civilization full of people. And that unfortunately describes us because we've been descending into decadence and corruption. But again, we have to always keep heart. We have to understand that we can possibly right the ship. It's going to take the grace of God. There's no doubt about it, but it can be done. And we always have to fight the good fight, as I said. So in this time, where can people go? What should they be watching? What should they be reading to prepare them to be like the sons of Issachar who know the signs of the times and what to do about it? Yeah, well, of course, 
you have to have a nose for truth. You have to have discernment. And of course, watch shows like yours. Read The New American. I know that sounds self-serving, but there are a lot of good sources out there. American Thinker, World Net Daily is good. I think you probably agree on that. And there are so, so many others. But you have to have discernment. If you can't separate the wheat from the chaff, you're finished. If you don't have a nose for truth, you're finished. Truth has a certain ring to it. And then, of course, you know, do a little research, find out who's telling the truth and find out if what's being said actually accords with the larger picture of reality. You know, that's really all I can tell people, you know, and if you're not close to God, if you're not close to God, you're not going to be able to do that. And you have to pray that he gives you the gift of wisdom, because, of course, wisdom is what allows you to do all of this. Well, you know, one of the you, you touched on something I want to take a, just a minute to to have you comment on with the, the Marxists and with the jihadis, they always seem to have the Baghdad Bob guy out there who is just lying his head off. It doesn't even matter what the reality is, the videos they have, he's just lying his head off. And for those of you that don't know who Baghdad Bob is, I'll explain that later. But what is your, your take on that kind of disin, intentional disinformation, misinformation? How, how could people develop those discernment skills and, and know that, hey, look, Hamas is, they're lying. And here, here is an example. Yeah, well, I think here, and this is related of what Pascal said, the philosopher, he said, anyone who sincerely searches for God will find him. But the operative word there is sincerely. And I would say, phrasing that differently, anyone who sincerely searches for truth will find it. Of course, God is truth. So it certainly relates. Mm -hmm. But my point is this. A lot of the reason, a big part of the reason why people don't know the truth, Matt, is they don't want to. The truth is inconvenient for them. It tells them their sin is sin. It's not what they want to hear. And so they tend to rationalize it away. So one thing you've got to do is make sure that to thine own self be true. Make sure you're being honest with yourself and that you're not just rationalizing in certain cases because something is what you don't want to hear. And if you can do that, if you can approach things with sincerity, where you're always seeking truth and you're honest with others and with yourself, in other words, you're not rationalizing, then it's going to be a lot easier for you to ferret out the truth. But you get into that habit of rationalizing, which is the bane of humanity. It's something that typifies the left. I mean, they live in a world of self-delusion. Then you're absolutely finished. But you have to remember, the truth will set you free. But as they say also, the truth hurts. Although I will add, just temporarily, until your heart is brought into accordance with the truth, then you can really feel on an emotional level why it is the best thing. That was very well said. Selwyn Duke, thank you for joining me on Patriot Radio today. God bless you. Thank you for everything that you do and keep up the fight. Thank you, Matt. God bless you too and your audience. TheNewAmerican.com, Selwyn Duke, one of the frontline journalists of our time. Check it out and check out some of his new articles. I, I, I love the way that he takes a, a moral approach to every single thing, and it's always undergirding all of his writing. Just absolutely fascinating, and it's stabilizing because it puts our feet on the rock, the rock of Jesus Christ, the truth. Now, that brings me to a couple of things. The You Are the Plan segment right now. First of all, it is about to get really, really, really cold. I hope everybody's winterizing out there and getting ready for this winter. I have a feeling this might be a, a rough winter. So be ready, be prepared. And 
Lastly, the announcements for this week. I mentioned some of them earlier. October 27th and 28th, this Friday and Saturday, Peggy Golden is going to be here at On Fire Ministries. And we are going to be having a great time of freedom and just inner healing too. People getting things off their chest that they've been holding on to for a very long time. A lot of great testimonies come out of Peggy. And when she comes here, God just flows through her in amazing ways. So please make it on Fire Ministries, 6 p.m., October 27th to 28th, this weekend. Coming up to next week, October 31st, Reformation Day here at On Fire Ministries. We're going to have a celebration. And everything starts at 6 p.m. We're going to be screening a movie, the new movie, actually, coming out next week. Eric Metaxas, Letter to the American Church. They made a documentary on it. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. So please join us here at On Fire Ministries on Tuesday at 6 p.m. on Reformation Day. And then the following night, November 1st, we are also going to be doing at 6 p.m. a movie screening on Into the Light, Fifth Generation Warfare in Our Time, and how we can recognize it and what to do about it as well. This is Matt Shea. I want to thank you all for joining me on Patriot Radio today. May God bless all of you. He is making this generation the greatest one. The awakening is here. Keep up the fight.